and his mother-in-law, Kathy Singer. Palm trees swayed in front of the five-story building plopped in the middle of West L.A. Celebrities and athletes and everyday people mingle daily in the third-floor waiting room, burying their heads in magazines and smartphones before appointments with Elitrash. Coffee plopped into an old chair and started to fill out paperwork. The signatures seemed endless. Coffee didn't bother reading the documents. His eyes drooped. He hadn't slept very well. Stan Conti, a trainer for Coffee's team, the Los Angeles Dodgers, slipped into the room and pulled Jennifer aside. How's Todd? Conti asked. He kept saying he didn't want to have surgery, she said. Coffee didn't know what to feel. His livelihood mocked him. It wasn't just the allograft. Jennifer, his second wife, was five months pregnant with their first child and Coffee wanted to come back in twelve months, whereas the doctors said it was going to take eighteen, and God was the rehab brutal, and what if the surgery didn't go well and kept him from even trying to come back, which didn't happen much, but maybe it would happen to him. And the dead guy. Please, Doc, not the dead guy. He buried his head in the papers, looped his signature, tried not to listen. Time to go, a nurse said. Coffee leaned over and gave Jennifer a kiss. She told him everything would be okay, and he wanted to believe her. I love you, he said. The nurse whisked him through a door and back to an operating room where Elitrash soon would join them. Todd Coffey's career was not dying. Not there, not then. Neil Elitrash promised he'd save it. The first time Todd Coffey's UCL blew, the surgeon tried to harvest the palmaris longus, a tendon in his right wrist, to tie the elbow back together. The tendon was too thin to stabilize the joint. He sliced open the other wrist. Same problem. So he went to Coffey's left leg and removed the gracilis, a hamstring tendon. It broke as the doctor tried to loop it through Coffey's elbow. One more cut yielded a fresh gracilis. Mercifully, it worked. Coffee made history on May 11, 2000. He was the first and still the only patient in the history of UCL reconstruction to go in for a surgery that entailed two cuts and leave with five scars. Over his 14 years in the game, Coffee had left behind an almost unparalleled trail of apocryphal stories that were actually true like the time he asked the Arizona Diamondbacks visiting clubhouse manager to make him a snack. He wanted peanut butter on one side, jelly on the other, two Reese's peanut butter cups in the middle, all griddle-fried with butter. To this day, visiting players at Chase Field can still order the Todd Coffee sandwich. His new teammates always wondered about the extra piece of luggage he hauled from city to city. The hard-shelled suitcase carried just one item, Coffee's baseball glove. Justin Todd Coffey was born September 9, 1980, in Shelby, North Carolina. He stands six feet four, weighs approximately 300 pounds, and has a shock of red hair with a beard to match. Fans know him best for his exuberant sprints from the bullpen to the pitcher's mound, during which many of those 300 pounds gyrate in manners only physicists can explain, and which tens of thousands of YouTube viewers have enjoyed. For seven years, he clawed through the minor leagues, the 12-hour bus trips and fast-food dinners in bunk-ass towns for nothing pay and even less hope. Eventually, he found a role as a bullpen piece for the Cincinnati Reds, where he became a cult favorite. 
although he is smarter than his goofy persona might suggest. Coffee fits the stereotype of a man playing a kid's game. He still drinks whole milk, watches Star Trek, and obsesses over Blood Bowl, a football-rugby hybrid dice game that involves painting figurines and having them disfigure one another. Coffee's career had been far better than most, even if instability defined it. His career earnings totaled nearly $7 million as an average reliever for eight years. Cincinnati had released him on his birthday in 2008, and the Milwaukee Brewers and Washington Nationals subsequently let him walk via free agency, and his current Dodgers contract would expire at the end of 2012, leaving him jobless for the first time since a Reds executive tried to talk him out of signing as a 17-year-old. It was another of Coffee's odd stories. After Cincinnati chose him in the 41st round of the 1998 draft, the team wanted to watch him pitch in June.